Welcome to the Whole Point Podcast, all about guest conversations and our personal thoughts about big ideas that will elevate your life and change your mind. We're talking about how to bring them into your business, your family, and your real life, and what that looks like day to day on any random Tuesday. I'm Christy Bartelt, a quirky, wise mentor helping women confidently love themselves and change their lives and their minds. I'm Serena Talbot, and I'm passionate about helping people heal and accomplish their goals, bringing spirituality and intuition into the process so that people can move forward with the life they are created to live. Thanks for joining us. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. We have a perfectly timed guest as all things are. They flow right in at the right moment. And today is nothing less than perfect for the experience that collectively we're all going through in this time of isolation and pandemic. So Serena, why don't you introduce our amazing guest? Yeah, today we have Christina Roman. She's a certified life coach who specializes in helping clients overcome procrastination. She works with distracted, rushed, overwhelmed professionals to free up their time and energy so they can finally refocus on that thing they've put on the back burner. She half jokes that she's the cross-legged coach. Her goal is always to keep things casual, but wildly impactful for her clients. And I'm so excited that you're here today, Christina. I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. I've been so excited about it for days and especially extra excited this morning. Yay. It is nice to see real humans in this time of social isolation. So thank you for joining us. Okay, so I know you a bit, Christina, and I love you. I think you're amazing, but I think it would be really fun for our guests to get to know a little bit more about you. So as we usually do, we're going to start off with some personal questions, but we're also going to just follow that wherever it goes because you always have such witty, insightful things to say. So first off, where are you talking to us from today? I am in Washington, D.C., and the city is proving it as I speak by putting lots of sirens in the background, proving oh. in fact that I'm in a city. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Excellent. What's the weather like? It's a little chilly this morning, not quite windows open weather, but the D.C. mornings in the spring with the windows open with my morning pages is heaven to me. So a little too cold today, but I have a little heating pad. And so that combination of pad and windows open is, you cannot get better than that. <laughs> and are you guys allowed to go out or are you just in the house? We are technically shelter in place or stay at home, which means we've been doing a lot of research into it. You can still exercise and you can still do social distancing walks. Apparently, I was, that was the one thing I wanted to maintain. So we're still trying to be really respectful of that. And Super important in our world. We just figured out that Starbucks is doing pickup right at the door. So that will be a game changer as well. (laughs) And I know that you have kind of a unique living situation that you've set up for yourself in this time. Can you tell us about it? So one of my best friends, I met her when I was backpacking in Central America. She and I sat together at a lunch and a mutual friend had introduced us. We sat next to each other and instantly we're just kindred spirits. And actually, have you guys read Journey of Souls? Yeah. I have not. Christy. I know. It's on my list. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked to hear this. (laughs) Um, So Journey of Souls is all about this idea that maybe we've lived other lives. And so my friends now always say, I think we might be hanging out in soul heaven together or the soul world just because we just clicked so instantly. So we lived together for about a year and a half in Guatemala, then moved to Europe together and then went our separate ways for a while. She got her green card to live in the U.S. because she's from New Zealand. And so 
we both were faced with potentially living alone during this time of social distancing and quarantine. Could not think of anyone that I would more want to be around 24 seven. Um, we just get along so well. We're so good at communicating. She jokes that I made her into a communicator. Basically at the very last minute, right before all the flights really, right before it became inappropriate to fly, she came here and is now hibernating with me. Where did she come from? Chicago. Okay. Yeah, oh, I so love it's that. It's even better weather for her too. It's like the yeah. whole thing. It's like a, a little trip. <laughs> I tell her that every day. I'm like, look at our cherry blossoms. You guys don't have those. You'd be freezing. <laughs> I'm, we've decided, so I'm half Jewish, but I've decided I'm very much a Jewish mother and it has come out so much <laughs> during hibernation. I'm always like, if you could just do it a little differently than you're doing, if you could just arrange things a little differently, clean up more after yourself, appreciate me. <laughs> Okay, we have to stop on this because this is so important. I think this is kind of one of your beautiful qualities. Like you own who you are. And so you're recognizing kind of things that are funny and you're putting a light and a a lightness and a spin on something that could in some relationships really be like a roadblock. So how do you manage that where you're like, oh, look at me. I'm directing traffic in this house. Like come live with me and let me tell you how to be while you're with me. How have you, has that always been something for you? Is that something you cultivate? That's such a good question. Um, I think, you know, Christy, so we've done RTT together. So Christy knows a lot of my deepest, darkest secrets. (laughs) I've never told anyone about them. So no one on the podcast knows. You don't have to share if you don't want to. (laughs) Well, just, I just think it's interesting. And I think Christy and I have talked and so Serena to bring you into the fold here. We've just talked about sometimes I'm not as comfortable owning parts of me. I think like all human beings. So for anyone listening who also relates to that, but I do think that there are certain people that give me a particularly beautiful chance to really own who I am and to practice really accepting. We were just talking about the strengths finder off the mic, and I'm actually extremely low in a strength called consistency, which is this idea that you fully accept everyone equally. And although I believe 100% that we're all super connected and that we all are inherently lovable and inherently incredible humans, like I don't believe in the idea of evil at birth, I just don't believe in it. It's really interesting that I pick and choose people very selectively to surround myself with. I didn't really realize I was doing that. And so a roundabout way to say, I think I surround myself with people who let me be myself and let me be persnickety and also challenge me and push back on that. So it's a really interesting, delicate balancing act there. All I keep hearing is something Serena likes to say. You, you found the people that let you be you, your safe people. And you're just like all in on those relationships then, which is why you can be teaching someone how to communicate. Yeah, I love that. I will carry that with me for sure. But I think the important part of this, as we're all at our houses with even our family members that we live with all the time, you have a unique situation because you guys don't. But You guys like time, each other is what, what she's saying. Other, which <laughs> we don't always get with our kids. Like, I don't know if I would have chosen you for quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> If I had a girl. I flew mine in. <laughs> you flew yours in. Yeah, I would have flown some of mine away. <laughs> exactly. Love but I hear, like, all I'm hearing is me. This is how I am. I'm understanding how I operate. I'm thinking about how I function. And I think that's really the key. You're not like, she just does this. She's crazy. It's a pain in the butt. 
and it's you know and I'm angry <laughs> like you're owning your your part of it which I think is the only way you know that we're that we can work with other people and then even as you are being yourself understanding that she's that isn't how she's functioning that's okay I love that point and I think one of the concepts that's been most helpful for me in the life coach school certification is this idea of the manual is, does that ring a bell for you guys? Mm. It's fascinating. The idea of the manual is that we all at all given moments are carrying around this unwritten rule of operations for ourselves and for everyone in our lives. And the joke is sometimes we're even nice enough to tell people our rules for them. <laughs> but we set ourselves up for so much disappointment and frustration because we're constantly expecting people to adhere to our perfectly defined or perfectly undefined as the case may be rules of engagement that we've just made up. We think that they're inherently right, but we've just made them up over the decades. And so when we can really acknowledge the manuals that we have for ourselves and acknowledge the manuals we have for other people, then we get to start deciding, huh, is this really reasonable? Is this really what I want to hinge my emotional well-being on someone putting the spoons in the drawer the right way, which is a big debate in our house right now. <laughs> so yeah, it's fascinating. We, I, I posted on Instagram, I said, this is a leading question, but is it morally and ethically wrong to put the spoons in like against each other, to put half in one way and half in the other way? And so we had a big debate, a big poll on Instagram. But Really, I need yeah. to know who won. What's the winning? It was 50 50. Really? Like, That's shocking to me. What are your answers? <laughs> the spoons need to be going the same direction always. I know. That's what that's what I like to do. But in our house, I have the other people do the dishes and I'm just happy they're in the drawer. But that's been a process. And that's, I have a couple of things that I'm a stickler about, but usually I'm the one annoying other people by like haphazardly doing things. Interesting. How fascinating, but, right? That's oh, right. Go ahead. Well, but I think what you're saying, the, the biggest thing you just said is like hanging up your emotional, how you're feeling yeah, for the day on that. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, and what I've come to, and it's such a small example, and obviously this is a, a different situation with one of my friends, but I think this is relevant in every single relationship is I can either pound my friend nonstop about these spoons, which I do, <laughs> or, and, or I can also just flip the spoons. Mm. And so I think it's really important when you're the one who cares more about certain things, that's not inherently right. The spoons are not, you know, the universe didn't say the spoons have to be the same way. I've decided that as a human on this planet. And so picking and choosing your battles is so important. Maybe battles isn't even the right word here. Though. I think it is. I think battles I think is it a good is. Word. Yeah. And I think what you just talked about is personal empowerment, right? Like mm -hmm. you can take your power back from, you give it to the person saying you did this. So then you made me mad or made this whatever. Otherwise it's like, oh, but I could just change the spoons. Yes. Which is actually Which is a like, lot easier than changing the person. When you think about it. Like funny. 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah. 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 It's oh, the crazy. That's okay. like so many arguments just settled. <laughs> I think we just solved the world's problems right now, actually, <laughs> with the spoon discussion. We're For done. Sure. <laughs> All right. So, Christina, what is a part of your daily routine that you're loving right now? Morning pages. I talk about it all the time. So three pages unscripted every single morning before I check my phone with a cup of coffee. We're doing Southern Pecan right now, which is amazing. And 
it's just my time to be with myself. It's where all my ideas come to life. I'm also one of my top strengths is ideation. So that is where the ideation really comes to fruition. And I also want to give a shout out to Rebecca Johnson of Story Solutions. She created what's called the values deck. And it's 72 cards that have different values on them on one side. And on the other side, there's a question. And so you can mix and match the values. I've taken to pulling four values per day. And if anyone knows me in real life, you know I'm obsessed with Venn diagrams. So part of my morning pages is mapping my four values. And then I have to figure out what those four values are telling me together. So what is the intersection of these four values? And what is it telling me for my day and for my life? I want to be in quarantine with you. <laughs> I, want, I know that you do, Christine. <laughs> I want to be there and just sit and write morning pages and, uh, and have you be like, okay, here are our values today that we're, you know, and, and how do they coalesce for you? What did they look like for you in a Venn diagram? That sounds really glorious. It is so glorious. I think I'm a pain in the ass, but it's a glorious, <laughs> glorious time, at least for me. <laughs> so this hasn't shifted at all for you, quarantine or not. This has always been your thing, right? How you started your day, you know, in the the distance past, I guess you'd say. Has anything shifted in your morning routine since the new, with your roommate now and all of this? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I've been doing morning pages solidly for about a year. And just for anyone who's ever dabbled with it and it did not stick know that I went through it years ago I did it with my mom and I just could not stand it I could not get through the pages and I just decided to not do it and I picked them back up and then they were a fit for me so that was really interesting to go through a time where it was just the least the last thing that I wanted to do was sit there with my thoughts in the morning and now it's I can't imagine my morning without it but to really directly answer your question it's interesting I think that there's more laughter we laugh a lot and we don't check the news first thing in the morning. I think it's really popular right now or really easy to tell yourself you must know the stats in your city at any given moment in order to be a good citizen of the world. But I would really challenge that. That yes, knowing what's happening in the world and yes, thinking about how you contribute can contribute is so important. But being constantly up to date is probably not productive or serving you or your community. Yeah, I was reading something last night where it's it's a coping strategy. We think that we can ease that feeling inside ourselves by having that latest bit of news. And it's actually, we think it's healthy. We're helping, we know what to do and how to help, but actually it's a non-helpful coping strategy to kind of keep digging into that information. So I'm glad that you shared that. I love that, especially because you're not, I'm gonna use the word polluting and take it as you will, but polluting your morning or your own inner work with this outside world perspective, because I think if there's going to be clarity and creativity, it's going to come before that because we can never be at the level of the problem to find a solution. Yeah, I love that. And I think one thing we talked about doing, we haven't actually done it yet, is we said in, in our household, so now I'm just referring to me and my friend as our household. <laughs> so we said, if it is true that us being up to date on the news is making us better citizens of the world, let's make a rule that every time we check the news, we have to then take some kind of constructive action. Mm. So if we're really going to hinge our hats on that theory that us being up to date on coronavirus cases. I got it. COVID-19 <laughs> cases. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. COVID-19 <laughs> cases in DC is so essential. Great. But now we have to actually act on that information. So we've talked about doing a blood drive or we've talked about doing daily have contributions to, to people who need food. So that's a really interesting challenge too, is actually making yourself take constructive action on 
this piece of information. Again, taking your power back. Everything I hear you saying is how can I empower myself from within instead of being at the mercy of what's outside of me? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. So Christina, you always have so many good books and like things going on, but what is the best book or show that you're reading or watching right now or recently? Love is Blind. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys seen it? Nope. No. I've heard. I've heard. I mean, I've been watching Tiger King, so I'm not opposed to Love is Blind, but... I haven't gotten into Tiger King yet, but (laughs) Love is Blind, they basically shove a bunch of people into pods and they blind date. And then they decide who they're going to propose to without ever seeing them. Would you do this? Would you go, would you do that kind of thing? You know, it's so funny you say that. I would do it. I probably wouldn't do it on national TV because I, that freaks me out, but it doesn't freak me out to fall in love with someone blindly. That's awesome. We'll see. Yeah, I need you might to watch see that. Me. I've heard it's good too. It's just fascinating. It's just a fascinating <laughs> experiment of human behavior. And then you've got Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey being like, are you going to prove that love is blind? And I'm like, you guys didn't prove that love was blind. Why are you putting so much pressure on these people? I didn't realize that Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey were the hosts, Ho- mm-hmm. hostesses and host. I don't know how you, sh- how you say that. That actually adds a whole nother element for me. <laughs> the best, I'll just quick pit up here. Nick Lachey introduces himself as, I'm obviously Nick Lachey. Every time he introduces himself. It's <laughs> no, he doesn't. I'm, I'm going to start saying that. I'm obviously Christy Bartelt. Obviously. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Oh, that's uh, incredible. The, the book that I'm rereading right now is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm. What are you getting the second time through? Is there something different resonating for you the second time through? Yeah, I'm really doubling down on this section about the zone of genius. So his idea is that we all have a zone of competence, a zone of excellence, and a zone of genius, and that life really comes alive when we're focused in our zone of genius. And so it's making me question things that I'm doing in my business and in my life that fall into my zone of excellence but aren't necessarily in my zone of genius that are frankly very hard to let go of. I think it's really hard to let go of things that you're good at in order to make space for things that you're great at. So I'm just going to throw this out. Can you create a coaching course all about this, please? Because that sounds very compelling to me. I'm on it. (laughs) I knew you would be. I'm on after my current course though. Don't make me get distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Christina's the queen of like actually, well, and we're going to talk about this, but I feel I can trust you to hand you something and you'll be like, if that resonates, you're like, I will do that. And then you will make it happen. But that's actually a really good lead into what we're going to talk about today. So (laughs) (laughs) the world is upside down. Everyone is working from home and we're trying to figure out productivity and this is your niche. So what challenges are common right now? What are your tips? Help us. No, just kidding. Yeah, please. (laughs) Please, we're praying to you. (laughs) Well, jokes aside, let's actually start with you guys. What are your biggest challenges right now working from home? It's the mix of responsibilities that are new currently. But it's funny because I thought about this, and I don't know that it's so different than what I was challenged by before as much as it's just really highlighting the use of my time. Mm, okay. Hey guys, we're so excited that you listen to the podcast and we want to reach even more people. We need your help. Can you review our podcast? Let us know what you love about the whole point. Tell us what takeaways you've experienced, what knowledge that you've really appreciated and what kind of guests that you love listening to. And in exchange, we're giving away 
an intuition session. We have recently started offering intuition sessions to anyone who's interested in having Christy and I both hold space while you ask the really big questions in your life and get the exact answers that you need to move your life forward in the direction you want to go or get those burning questions maybe that keep you up at night answered in a peaceful way that nobody else in the whole world knows except you and learning that self-trust that you have the answers and that you actually know how to tap into that. So what we'd like you to do is review the podcast. When you've done that, send us a direct message. Screenshot your review, send it to us, and you'll be entered to win a two-hour intuition session hosted by Christy and Serena, a $222 value just for helping us by reviewing and telling us what you love about the podcast. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. For me, it's, it's trusting as we're going into this unknown, like getting downloads about what to share with people and feeling, I'm just feeling like before I knew my audience, I knew what they needed and I knew what they needed to hear. And now people are in really different spaces and I'm getting downloads and I just have to trust it's going to hit where it needs to. And I'm really struggling with that. I'm struggling with being like, okay, there's a room of people in front of me and they're all having, they're all processing and having very different experiences with this right now. And I know my deal, you know, my deal is the, the therapy part and what's healthy, like feel your feelings. And, you know, just yesterday I had a group of business people and I said, feel your feelings. And, and they had asked me to be in that space. And I just felt like, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is resonating because, and, and I think it was some people it did and some people it didn't where before, you know what I mean? You could gauge your, you could gauge your audience. And now it's trusting. It's really trusting. I need to just show up how I am and trust that that's okay. Trust I'm getting the right messages. So that's been a little, that's been different. And as far as like home, I'm feeling, you know, it's the same with Christy. We're juggling kids and then working from home. And so I'm just letting things go that, that I don't need to do or don't have capacity to in my business and sitting with my kids more. Serena, I think a part that might even be resonant is not only are you having downloads of what you, you're getting guided to say, you're making those videos and then you're deleting those videos because of the, the concern. <laughs> For wow. sure. So productivity wise, you're spending time doing things that you're then second guessing. Yeah. That's been the biggest challenge for me is like trusting what I'm getting because I really, we're just in this different space. I don't know if that resonates with anybody else, but I have, two, it's been two videos that I made and then deleted because they were like just sharing my heart and what people are feeling. And then I feel like there's this disconnect in my town. They're like, um, we're fine. <laughs> like, so fascinating. I'm writing down notes. And one thing that I think is so interesting, and this is the way our brains just clearly, or our inner voices maybe are working differently on this. You use the word gauge my audience and I'm using the word create my audience. Mm -hmm. I don't think that either of those is inherently right or wrong, but what I found for my business is I have come up against the same thing where I say that meme that's circulating about productivity on Instagram about King Lear was created during a quarantine or uh, Newton discovered gravity. I made a video about this and I said that in the life coaching model, that meme is totally neutral. 
people don't think it's totally neutral, but it's just a meme. And your interpretation of that meme is what's creating your feelings. So if you think a thought about that meme, like, this is so inappropriate. I can't believe people are sharing this. This is a pandemic, not a productivity party. Then you're probably going to feel frustrated or annoyed or shamed. But if you're thinking thoughts about that meme, like this is not for me, but it's totally workable for someone else. You might feel totally calm and present and content with that. Or for me, I see that and I say, let's do this. I am so <laughs> ready. I've never been more ready. Yeah. And then I feel energized. So I think it's really important with all these messages that are circulating around social media and around the internet and around your town, it sounds like, really pause to ask yourself what thought is creating the feeling that you're feeling. Because it's not the meme. It's your thoughts about the meme. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts are not inherently right or wrong, but it is just really interesting to watch that. So I think that's part one. And then my decision with my business was I said, there is, let's say 75% of people right now are like, productivity is not my number one focus. Focus is not my number one focus. This is not for me. I'm just trying to keep my head above water or I'm using this time to slow down and relax. I've acknowledged those people and then really gently invited them to opt out because I've decided that I want to serve the small segment of people for whom productivity is their number one focus right now. So it's really interesting. I think we're just coming at it from really different angles is I'm being very intentional about guiding people out the door. Yeah. Does that, and any of that resonate? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much because it's, it's been this process. It's been two weeks of processing this where it sounds like you have processed before you produce things and <laughs> I'm processing after I'm <laughs> producing things. It's just how I work. Yeah. But it, it is. And that's what, that's what I got yesterday is I'm, I'm here for the, for those people that it resonates with and I don't need to worry about all the others. And that's always been how I've done my business. It's just this different group, this different group. That's like, for me, I want to keep going. I want to be emotionally healthy through this for my guidance is like we need to see what's coming after we need to have a vision of what's coming next and so I've gotten that and it it doesn't resonate with with some people and then to process where we're at right now we have to feel where we're at and what does that look like to feel where you're at and how do you do that with kids and all of that yeah I think I need throughout it what you're saying that resonates so much is to be comfortable with the people going out the door and just say see ya have fun that's okay Instead of like, oh, they used to listen to me and now they don't. Or how do I be relevant to them? And how do I do two different messages? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just love that you're saying you're creating. So I'll do that too. Well, I like that word. It's funny because all I'm hearing is like the ultimate productivity is being productive with what resonates with you, period, end of story, and inviting everyone to either be okay with that or know that it's okay if they're not with us anymore. And you know, it's not like you're saying, get out of here. You know, I've seen coaches or people on the internet with businesses being like, if you don't like the message, like leave. You're just like, I get it. If you don't like the message, there's a different message for you. Like th this one might mm -hmm. resonate in six months. It's just for right now, I promised to myself that I would follow my guidance and know that these are the people who are for me. And this is what I know how to do. And people need this right now. So I'm not going to mix it up with something else. 
product. That's like productive. You're, <laughs> like you're saying, your your zone of genius. Like I need to keep my eyes on my own paper mm-hmm. and do my thing. And I really have a vision of community where we're all going to do that, and it's going to be different things. There's going to be people that just do dance videos the whole time, and that's very appropriate for everyone for mm-hmm. that relief, you know, and that joy they're going to bring. And we're all going to be our different things. I'm interested to know how it's going over, Christina, as you've really focused and doubled down on that. How is that going? Yeah, it's interesting. The thought that just popped into my head, and I hadn't made this connection until right now, is that I talk about the idea of 100 rejections, which is this idea that when you want something, so for me, I want corporate speaking gigs. When I want that so much that I'm willing to be, not only willing, but seek out 100 rejections, I can't even begin to plan for and anticipate all the amazing things that will happen in that process of being willing to accept the hundred rejections. So in life coaching, this is called strategic byproducts is when you're going towards a goal of a hundred rejections, so many incredible opportunities, again, that you never could have anticipated will open up for you. And I've seen this time and again, where I'll make a pitch and either someone just won't respond. So that's an option or someone says no, or they say no, but here's a counter offer. And then you end up with some other interesting opportunity. So that's the hundred rejections idea. But what I just made the connection to in this moment was that I've basically unintentionally been seeking a hundred unsubscribes mm. on my email list. I had no idea I was doing that. I love that. <laughs> Every time I think I've seen, I see unsubscribes and it pains me. But to twist that and just say, every unsubscribe, and I've heard this a million times, but it hasn't really sunk in. Every single unsubscribe is just someone saying, this message isn't for me. And that's getting me more and more honed in on the people who it is for. This year has really been about action over just thinking about things. Because I can be a chronic overthinker, a dreamer. It's just who I mean. Hello, I'm an Aquarius. But this piece here where it's like, I'm taking the steps to feel that feeling and know it doesn't kill me, basically. Like I can feel that uncomfortable feeling and keep going. Mm -hmm. And then I can also look back and say, what was the lesson? Like, how did it make me better as I kept going? That's the actual action to like know it in your body, to have it resonate and actually lose its charge. I mean, it's really important that those things lose their charge. But I do have to tell you, Christina, to this point of 100 rejections, I had watched your social media on this. And I was like, okay, great. So I had my kids watch the video um, of the, I don't, can't remember the guy's name. There's a guy who wrote a book about this and his experience with doing hundred rejections. So they watched a little Ted talk, but we have, we're really working on growth mindset here at my house with my children, particularly one of my children is a little more fixed mindset than the other. And he always says, I failed. This is his like classic line. Like if, you know, if it was his yearbook and it was like the quote that the person always said, this is him. And he's, smart and he does well at things, but he, if it's not perfect, he considers it a failure. So then I said, and we just did this this week. I said, okay, great. Today we're going to make it all about how many times we can fail. Did you, if you haven't failed at that drawing, then you haven't actually put any effort into it. So how, how can you fail? And it was funny because making it a game, like gamifying the failure, which is what you're saying about rejection, which is literally the same thing, right? Rejecting yourself. Failure is the idea of self-rejection. We were doing those like learn to draw whatever, they're into Star Wars, learn to draw the Mandalorian, learn to whatever. And he had been using 10 sheets of paper. He'd draw like a little circle to do an eyeball and it wouldn't be perfect. And he'd like throw the paper away. After we implemented this failure thing, 
he did an entire drawing and it was like he was beaming. He's like, yeah, you know, I failed, but look at what came out of it. And it's not to say we haven't had issues since then of the failure piece, but it's a resonance in his body every time I can teach him that. So this is global. Like this, this piece of advice right here that Christina is sharing, like take note of it and look for what you can do in your life. Maybe it's not rejection. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's saying no. Maybe it's having hard conversations about spoons in the drawer and how many times you can do that knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable. But this is so important. And we're in a space that we are prime candidates for failure living through a pandemic. We've never done this before. Like we're not going to be pros at the next few weeks or the next few months. And that's what I was getting yesterday. Like just showing up is all that we're being asked to do. We're not being asked to like ace living through pandemic 2020 other than acing it is to just keep going and learning. So that this is speaking to me so much. All right, here we go. Let's, let's fail. Love that. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have two thoughts on this, this idea of taking the sting out of a word and the idea of just showing up. So when I tracked all of my business in the first nine months of my business, I tracked every single mini session I had. And I said, what is the commonality here? And the only thread there was plenty of things that were, you know, marketing channels that worked better than others, but the core of it was showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up. I mean, that's the only thing I had to do in order to generate business was consistently show up. And sometimes let's just say it's showing up is taking a nap and showing up is taking a break, but showing up consistently. And then taking the sting out of something. I was just working with my coach on this idea. I got, Chris, you asked how it was going. I sent out a sales pitch last week, two weeks ago, and I got a, one of the harshest emails back that I've ever gotten. And so I had to work through that. And so I was working with my coach on it and just really processing the experience. And she said, maybe don't call it a sales pitch. And I said, that's so interesting, but I want to be able to call it a sales pitch. That's what it is. I am pitching to make a sale. And instead of couching myself and calling it something softer and gentler, I wanted to be able to really own that word sales pitch. So that was interesting for me to discover is I don't want to hide from words. And that then leads me into this really interesting thing, which I'm sure you guys will have really interesting perspective on is the idea that I think a lot of times in the world of intuition and inner voice, we identify any bit of discomfort as our intuition telling us not to do it. And I think often that discomfort is actually there for us to work through, not to just abandon. You guys are both nodding along. What are your thoughts on this? A hundred percent. Okay. So a lot of times when we teach people about inner voice, we say we're going for the peaceful answer because if your ego mind is involved, it's feeling as it might feel fizzy or fearful or whatever, which gets confused with the actual in like interoception, the physical feeling in our body, the organs in our body, which is different. That's different. That's not the mind. That's a physical sensation. So it's almost like we have to look at it from three perspectives. So what you're saying is that discomfort, that's actually like maybe a stomach tightening. That's not your mind giving you information. That's your physical body just having a reaction. So I love what you're saying. And I think it, we can explore it even just a little bit more here, but that discomfort 
you know, we have to understand the nuance of things. If we're not willing to like look a little deeper and say, okay, so that discomfort feeling intuition, does that mean no? And then your intuition's like, no, that's not what that means. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But what happens is we get a sensation in our body and we call that our intuition without checking on what it's telling us. Mm -hmm. It's nobody, nobody trains us to look at the hard things. Like I keep saying to clients, I come up so often, I'm like, what's the hairy, scary fear? What is the thing under that concern that you have? Now go deeper. Now take it to another level because we're just all staying away from that thing, thinking if we ever get there, we won't be able to handle it. But what's actually happening is then we don't really know what we're supposed to be handling. So you're right. We won't be able to handle it. So it's that same thing. I feel discomfort. That must mean, you know, and then your ego decides for you instead of you actually asking. So sorry, tangent, but it feels wow. very important. That's awesome. Love it. And I think our intuition is always pushing us a little farther, a little farther out of our comfort zones into who we really are, into those, you know, scary places. And yeah, it's been, it's been the process of learning to listen to your intuition is to understand that, that our intuition is not really concerned with keeping us comfortable, safe and cozy all the time. It has a bigger vision. And you have to learn it, don't you think? It's like you have to experience this. Yeah. Yeah. Your intuition can make you want to barf. You have to be okay with that. (laughs) Well, speaking of barfing, um, good segue. I was actually going to ask you, Serena, have you explored what your worst fear is if you were to publish those videos? Yes, I have been facing that recently. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) Fun. Yeah, Yeah. For me, it's the idea of being crazy and too feely and too woo-woo and too, you know, let's all have a group hug. You know, I've been in the space of working with business owners and feeling like it's just not going to resonate and people are going to write me off. Yep. I've been thinking about those. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's underneath that, right? Rejection. Which yeah, is death. But, and it's been, so my intuition has been leading me to get more spiritual because that's who I am. And that's, I've been kind of wanting to get away from that. I'm going to be more businessy. I'm going to be more mindset. I'm going to be more hard or whatever. And who I really am, if I can describe it, like feels like squishy. And I'm like, who the heck wants that? <laughs> you know I'm just I raising mean? my hand over here because yeah. I certainly yeah. appreciate it. So this is, this is where I'm at is like really owning that I'm going to be the person telling you to feel your feelings and cry and talking about grief and to be okay with the people that doesn't resonate with. So yes, I've thought about it and I still deleted the video. So here I, here I am. I'm getting better. Interesting process. And this is so interesting. So this is another one of my sermons. I have lots of sermons prepared, but sermons is this idea of answer your own rhetorical questions. And you just asked yourself one, which I thought was amazing. You said, who wants that? And if I were in a coaching session with you, I would say, uh-huh, <laughs> right. Answer that. Who wants that? And instead of focusing on the, let's say, 99.9% of people who don't want that, how are you going to find and identify the 0.1% of people? I don't know that was, that was yesterday. I was like, awesome. oh, that's all I need to show up for. Yeah. And I don't exactly know how to reach them other than to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Christina. 
I have been just like chomping at the bit because I want to talk to you about the course that you have launching on the 21st of April. So half finished to done, how to knit procrastination in the bud, complete your projects, plus create the results that you want in life. Okay. So I knew the course was coming. You know, I'm, I have an insider scoop, like I knew you were working on something. <laughs> but then when you began selling it, like pitching it, let's call it that because that's what you want, would like to call it, your sales yeah. pitch. Um, you wrote an email to your newsletter subscribers and I'm a junkie. So I'm one of those people. She's the newsletter's phenomenal. So people sign up, but you said, um, the title of the, of the email was the internet is scattered with my half finished projects. So you owned this. And I was like, amen, sister, let's talk more about half finished projects and how you got to this course, what you learned and why, you know, it's what people need right now who are trying to be productive we're trying to keep their business going and this is what they're looking for. How long do you have? <laughs> How long do you Three have? Hours? <laughs> People okay. are bored. Talk as long as you want. <laughs> we're here to entertain folks <laughs> here all day. So I have, I say that my niche is like a trapdoor. Every time I think my niche is fully defined, a trapdoor opens and I fall through and I'm back into this well of trying to figure out how to hone my niche in even more. So I started out, it makes me laugh. I'm like, I was a life coach and I became a life coach focused on productivity. And then I found procrastination. I was like, that's the source of so much pain and shame and disappointment and guilt for people. That's where things can break wide open is in that place of procrastination. And I think it's really important to state up front that when you procrastinate, it does not make you a subpar human being. It is just an action that stems from a feeling that's created by a thought, period. And when you can look at it like that, you look at the inputs or your thoughts and the outputs are your results and you put on the lens of like a detective or a scientist and you take a step back and you get less involved in your own minds, you can start to see, oh, my procrastination just comes from a feeling. All I need to do is identify the feeling and then and understand what thought created it. So I say that up front because I think so many people, again, have so much guilt and shame and embarrassment about the fact that they procrastinate. So it's just taking that step back. So that, that's step one. So I have this question on my website, which is after you sign up for my email list, it's what's the number one challenge that you're dealing with right now? And people started writing it to me and I started categorizing the results. And so I would get all these different people writing in slightly different words. But what I noticed with this was that there was totally common patterns. So people would talk about distractions and focus and time and people putting too much on my plate, all these different things, or my house is a mess. And what I realized was I thought that there was 10 different categories of the ways that productivity challenges show up, but I really was able to boil it down very recently into only four levers. And so those four levers are time, priorities, commitment, and focus. And so I say the only way to solve any productivity challenge ever is to look at the way that those four levers are interacting together. So for example, if you are really committed, but you don't know your priorities, then you're committed, but you don't know to what. So then you have to solve for the priorities issue. 
or if you have really incredible focus, but you don't have any time, then you have to solve for the time issue because you can't be focused because you haven't made time for it. Is this all making sense? Is this? Yes. Yeah. Keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So that's, that's a new, that's a new framework that I've just developed. And that intersection between those four pillars, those four levers is what I'm calling your productivity power zone. A Venn diagram, of course. Yeah. Obviously. Come on. (laughs) Is there anything else besides that? (laughs) Thank you for noticing. So that productivity power zone became one of the basis, one of the bases, bases, bases. I don't know. For for spinning off this entire idea of the longer course that's specifically focused on procrastination. But let's do a pit stop at productivity power zone. Mm. If you guys think about your lives, and especially right now during coronavirus, if you think about focus, time, priorities, and commitment, where do you struggle the most? I just see these four things all, they're not even touching each other right now. They're like all have their own problems. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. For me, I'm thinking about it like when I'm helping people, like helping my clients not have anxiety, it's specifically with this, all these things of, you know, right now, look at your priorities and figure out what you need to focus on and let everything else, for your own sanity, let everything else fall. So for me, it's been a shift of, I, I got to download, my kids only have one mom. If somebody needs a therapist, there are other therapists, mm-hmm. but my kids have one mom right now and I need to make that a priority and focus, commit, and time, that would probably be what it would be for me. And, you know, as I do, as I do my business and showing up online, that's second. But I have, I have not done this. I wrote them down and I will do this to actually get a, get a better idea. But that's probably the biggest shift for me is I need to be talking to them. I have teenagers. We need to be processing. They're feeling all the feelings too, you know, and and handling that. But. Yeah. I love that realization. I think that's beautiful that they only have one mom. And I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that something can be a number one priority and it doesn't have to necessarily be the thing that you spend the most amount of time on. Mm-hmm. So for example, my mind, body, and spirit connection is my number one priority. And so that looks like morning pages or sometimes meditation or going on a walk, eating healthy. But that's not necessarily the majority of the, I'm not sitting around meditating for 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so keeping in mind that something can be a top priority, and that means that you schedule it first and you prioritize for it first, but it's not necessarily the most amount of time. That's really good. Because I think that's where we feel guilty. We're like, well, if it's a priority, I should be spending all my time doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Talk to me about focus. What falls into that category? What would you like to know about focus? <laughs> well, you know, I know I have used your deep work state, which is something that you offer to get myself into basically a zone to do work that is impactful in a shorter amount of time. That's how I would describe that. So for me, it's this idea of like, my particular challenge is I have, maybe I have ADD. I don't know. I'm not diagnosed, but maybe I'll self-diagnose right now. But my brain is like, ping, ping, ping. There's so many things that need to happen. Like 
meals that need to be made and kids education. Apparently I'm their teacher now, which is like (laughs) just not, I'm not qualified. And then I have clients that have things that need to happen. And then I have creative ideas that flow to me when I'm taking care of my body, because you know, that connection is really important for me too. But it's like, I'm in the middle of one and I ping off and like, oh shoot, I didn't do that thing or that thing. So for me, it's always like, okay, how do we come back in and focus on, but now I'm kind of looking at, well, then you look at the other things. What are your priorities? Like, where are your commitments? How much time do you have? But yeah, I don't know if you got anything out of that or if you have something to add to it. Yep. Absolutely. So huge that you just realized that in the first place, right? You both are very self-aware. So that's the first step here always. From there, I think the focus, you really have to be honest with yourself about how much time you want to spend focusing. And so I recommend an hour per day of focused deep work. Like that's what I recommend to all my clients. And I get pushback sometimes where someone says, I can't do an hour uninterrupted. It's just not going to happen. And I play with that person and I'll push back. But you might say, okay, the maximum time that I can really truly go without chaos in the house is 45 minutes. So then I would say, okay, great. At least you've defined what success is for yourself. So now you have 45 minutes. I'm actually curious, does a number pop out to you guys as this is the maximum time that I can truly go if I were managing my mind without things being chaotic in the rest of the house? For me, it's like my my inner knowing almost says an hour, but it needs to be broken into two different segments over the course of the day because you couldn't, and it's like this weird word, steal 30 minutes. And then I, that needs to be investigated because I feel like I'm stealing the time back from the people that I live with. Fascinating. mm -hmm. And for me, we did an intuition session on this because I was trying to figure out like a morning routine and I got an hour, but I got Um, for me, the way I operate, like it doesn't have to be the same time every day. It can be, you know, when it flows. Mm -hmm. So that's fascinating. That's what I was thinking when you said that. It's like, that's what I got. It has to be an hour and it's, that involves different things. So I'm really curious when you're saying focus, like for me, it would be journal, read, meditate. Are you saying do one thing or different things during that time? Yeah, really good question. So I think it is all something that you can define. So for you, let's say you might say this deep work block in the morning is mind, body, spirit connection. And in that time, everything within that block is going to be mind, body, spirit connection, but that might be 30 minutes of morning pages followed by 10 minutes of meditation. So really defining it for yourself is so important. And then Christy, to revisit your point, your brain is telling you that all these other things are super important in this moment. And I would encourage you to really push back. Don't resist those thoughts, but really play with those thoughts. So in the moment, if you're, let's say, 15 minutes into a deep work session and your brain goes, you didn't send that email, your brain is going to tell you that that is absolutely essential that you do it right now. And then probably catastrophize into, if you don't send this one email, probably your entire business is going to fall apart people will think you're not responsible, right? Like I'm kind of exaggerating, but does this ever happen to either of you? Mine is more that if I don't do it now, I will forget about it and then I won't do it at all. Like then it will be gone like vapor into the ether. (laughs) So in the deep work guide, I have a place where you can write down all your genius ideas and all the action items that come up during your focus block. 
So let's say I have a focus block to work on my course and I think, oh my gosh, I have to email that client. Then I just make a note and I say, that seems super important right now. It seems like I might forget it. I'm going to put in place a plan to address it, but it's not going to be right now. And so it's delaying that gratification because we get a sense of gratification when we run off and scamper off to do all these little tasks. We get that feeling of checking it off our to-do list. But what we're then trading off is that longer gratification from actually having the focused block. What's connecting with you guys here? The whole thing, all of it, every, yeah. every, <laughs> yeah. every syllable. <laughs> yeah. So in your course, tell me how the course is laid out. Is it focused on these four pillars? And yeah, tell me a bit more about the course. Sure, I would love to. So I have, it's, I would say about 75% of the structures figured out and there's a good 25% that's not quite hammered out yet. So that's exciting to see how that's gonna shake out in the next, I have a week scheduled to go heads down on it and the week of April 13th, which I'm so excited about. No calls that week, but I'm excited to take a break. Right now, the way it's set up is actually a five-step procrastination elimination framework. And the way that that works is we start, Christy, you're going to freaking love this. And Serena, I don't know if you use this too, but start by acknowledging procrastination's purpose in your life up to this point. Always. Yeah. Yes. So this idea, which I learned from Christy, is <laughs> thank you, but we don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. And what happens with people when they come to me when they procrastinate is they're so angry at their past selves. And they're so frustrated that their past self couldn't just get it together. And one client put it this way. She said, past me screwed present me. And I was like, you got to clean that shit up. (laughs) So we basically make peace with your past self and your past procrastination in order to then move forward. Because when you're spending all this time spinning out about your past behavior, you can't move forward. So that's step one, is acknowledging procrastination's purpose up in your life so far. And then step two is you dive into why do you procrastinate specifically? And in this step, I'm introducing a framework of three different personality types and why each of those people procrastinate. I'll so just, if you want to know about the three personalities, how yeah. do we connect <laughs> <Perfect>. with you? <laughs> if you want to know about which of the three procrastinating personalities you are, then the best bet is to get on my email list. So if you just go to peakcoaching.co slash deep work state, that's where you can download the guide for getting into a deep work state. And that's where you're also going to get information about this course, which again launches on April 21st. That's where I'll be really debuting these three personality types so excited to get that into the world. Oh, everything that you bring into the world is really, really helpful. And I think you, it's because you're focused on what's actually going to be beneficial to people. You're not the glossy surface. You go deep on all the things that you do. And I really appreciate that. What are some other ways that people can work with you? The best way to really get to know me one-on-one and to see if we're really a fit because somebody said I was blunt, but loving. Um, I've been working on taking ownership over my command personality. So I'm not a soft coach, but I think for the right person, that's the exact right fit. So peakcoaching.co slash mini session, and you can book 30 minutes on my calendar and we can actually talk about one of the procrastination challenges that's happening for you and work on solving it. Awesome. 
And you are at Peak Coaching on Instagram as well, which Christina shares amazing content on Instagram. I highly recommend that you follow her because there's insights every day, even just and funny stuff. You just have such a fun personality. Christina, I want to ask you what brings you the most joy in your work. I'm going to get all emotional. Good. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where do I even start? I just, I think watching somebody have a moment, one of the, the phrases that I just love is when someone says, wow, I never thought of it like that. Just that one phrase to me is so indicative of the strength and the value of bringing in an outside perspective. And so I think the three of us are so in tune with our inner voices and in tune with our inner wisdom, which I think is absolutely incredible. And I think we have all the answers we need. And I think an outside unbiased perspective who has no agenda, whether it's me or whether it's another coach can be such a beautiful addition to your board advisors. So being able to facilitate those aha moments for people is incredible. I love it. And, and thank you for doing that for both of us today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly we could have gone for hours. There's yeah. so much more that, you know, mine out from your, Yeah, you just have such a wealth, a depth of knowledge. So we appreciate this. And we know that this conversation needs to continue for our guests. There's just so much more. So honestly, people go and follow Christina on Instagram, sign up for her newsletter, check out the course. There's a lot of us with unfinished projects. And as we sit at home right now, in our home, staring down the barrel of our unfinished projects, whatever they may be, now is we're being called to just decide to prioritize what's important for us. And we may not think we have time, but we probably have more time than we've ever had. It's the time, people. Now's the time. So thank you again, Christina, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's been you. amazing. You guys are awesome co-hosts. It's been so much fun. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Give Christina some love and we would love to hear your impressions from this. Maybe what your priorities, your commitments, your focus and your time is on right now in this time of COVID-19. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. Leave us a review, subscribe so more people can find us. And if you want more information about me or Christy, there's a link to both of our websites in the show notes and we'll see you next time.